Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey-West. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today, another big Marvel movie has been released. Eternals is what we're talking about today. Definitely a different take for Marvel. Different vibe for sure. Did it work? Did it not? We'll discuss today on this episode, but should be a lot of good thoughts on Eternals. Our three of the four Marvel movies that'll come out this year, Spider-Man being the last one that'll be out, will be out next month. Jared, people are losing their minds about Spider-Man. <laughs> I can't excited. even tell you. I Oh my gosh, me too. I can't even tell you though how many of my friends are like, the day that, um, was it the extended trailer or was it the final I think trailer? So. Or a new trailer came, came out. out. Yeah. Yeah. People were losing their minds. It was all over social media. I had, there's so many people I didn't realize how much they loved Spider Man, but I am very excited. I'm especially excited that they're bringing back people like Alfred Molina and others from previous ones. Me too. So that'll be, and if you're wondering, uh, that'll be out in December. And then if you are interested in any other Marvel movies that have come out this year, we've done reviews on all of them, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and now Eternals. Mm-hmm. So you can find all of those in our past episodes. So, Jared, do you want to change your, um, when we were talking about, I think, Shang-Chi, and you said, I think Black Widow is the worst Marvel movie that's coming out this year. Do you still feel that Ooh, way? I don't I don't know. I don't know after <laughs> Eternals. I can't not... wait. And everyone, you should know, Jared and I did not talk about this movie before we started filming. I just told him a general, here's what I thought. General let's, thoughts. Let's get started. Let's record. Yes. So yeah. we'll get into news real quick, and then we'll get into our review of, of Eternals. Obviously, the big news item this week um, is Travis Scott's Astroworld Festival in Houston, Texas. Um, woke up to the news on Sunday that nine people, uh, eight people had died at that point from the festival. Another person has since died. We're recording this on Thursday, November 11th. Another for- person unfortunately passed away today from injuries sustained at Astro World. Over 300 people were injured. Just not really a great situation all around. There's obviously going to be an investigation. They're going to look into this to see what happened. It seems like a lot of things were poor based on the planning of the concert, um, the crowd that was there, mm-hmm. maybe not having enough security, um, nobody informing the powers that be, whether that was Travis Scott or somebody behind the scenes with the promotion company or something, you know, telling them what was going on to stop the concert. Because I think that's the biggest thing right now is that people died and people got injured. But for some reason, the concert continued even past that point. Yeah, I I mean, um, I'm hesitant to say anything because I am obviously not a fan of the Kardashians or anyone associated with them. But I also, you know, even being in a play right now, even on a tiny, like a stage in a tiny theater where I'm performing, when those lights are on, I can't see much of what's going on out there. Mm -hmm. And add in that now people are wearing masks in the theater that are required for our play. I can't tell who anyone is. Um, And that's like that's like the stage is budding right up to the front row. So I am not at all making excuses because I find it very hard to believe that there would be ambulances, EMTs, people like pandemonium that you wouldn't notice something was amiss, especially since I know that clip about um, Adele has been circulating a lot where uh, somebody had fainted during one of her concerts and she like stopped the concert and asked if they were okay. Um, So I do find it hard to believe that he didn't notice anything was going on. But at the same time, I would believe if he wasn't fully aware or wasn't aware until later what was happening. Um, Yeah, I don't. So sad. Yeah, obviously there's going to be an investigation, but I think it's more on the it's, you know, it's his festival. So his name's attached to it. But I Mm -hmm, think it's more on mm -hmm. the 
the promoters and the organizers and things that were there to, you know, either get that information to him so that he can make an announcement or somebody comes out on stage and makes that announcement. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you don't just like at some point just stop the music, stop the pyro, you know, turn, you know, get everybody to calm down if there's really a serious situation there. It just seemed like from a management perspective, it was not handled very well at all. So, and to be, to be fair, I mean, I should, I should be more fair to him too, just because he is with a Kardashian does not mean, or Jenner does not mean that he, you know, I shouldn't rope them all together. Um, but I agree with you. He should be held responsible to some degree. I did see he offered to pay for all the funerals. I think mm-hmm. that's the very least he could do. But I think that that was a good gesture. Um, I don't know if you noticed this either, Jared. Um, and it's horrible that any of them died. But one of them was a University of Dayton student here. Um, his name was Franco Patino. Okay. And he had traveled there with another friend for the concert. So I just I just thought that was so sad. And what a small world that a University of Dayton student um, which is yeah. near where I am. Yeah. yeah. So very sad situation there. And obviously they're still investigating and still looking into that. So mm-hmm. uh, another news item for today is that very popular show Squid Game on Netflix was renewed for a second season. So you'll get more Squid Game. I have not finished the first season yet. I got watched other things. Um, I don't know if I will. It just really didn't appeal to me from the first couple of episodes, but it is like the hit thing. So I feel like I should finish it at some point. I know, Jared. So here, you know what? We should call this section Confession Corner because <laughs> I still have not watched The Queen's Gambit. How many years ago did that come out now? Well, uh, a like year, two. But yeah, still. a year or two. Yeah. Um, I've watched two episodes. And, okay. But obviously it just didn't, I don't know. It just didn't get me in the same way. And then Squid Game, you know, everybody's like, oh, you would love this show. It's like psychological and violent and there's murder. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But I've had no time to watch TV or read lately, so I'm behind on everything. So it's literally like 15th on my list. I will say I almost didn't have any recommendations, but this week um, we've had off from rehearsals every night. So I was able to finally start catching up on my TV shows and reading. So soon I will have many more recommendations. But Squid Game, I guess I'm excited. I'm definitely someone who likes to jump on bandwagons. So if people are going to keep talking about it, I'm more than likely going to watch it eventually. Also, our last news item is that uh, the other day, Paul Rudd named People's Sexiest Man Alive for 2021. So congrats to Paul. Very funny guy. Seems like a non-problematic dude that just likes to make movies and mm-hmm. for some somehow doesn't age either um he doesn't he's, he's going in reverse he's like j-lo and halle berry yeah he's obviously going to be in ghostbusters coming out in a few weeks which we'll be reviewing here on the show so we'll talk more about him in that episode but um you know just seems like a you know that's a, that's a fine choice i don't really care much about the sexiest man alive thing but i know so every year there's there's the heated debate around it but i didn't really see much discussion this year about like paul rudd being picked i didn't really see a lot of a lot of hate, uh, you know, coming from other corners. <laughs> this is where we differ because I oh, feel okay. like everything on my phone wanted to tell me about Paul Rudd. Like, have you ever <laughs> heard of this guy? And I thought, yeah, I'm familiar. Thank you. He was like a series regular on Friends. but And he was in multiple movies with Jennifer Aniston. And I love this man. I'm so happy about this choice. I will say I was just ever so slightly. I'm going to say like 1% disappointed because everybody kept gossiping and saying Chris Evans was going to win. And I was like, yes, okay. that man is in my top five. Yes. Paul Rudd, though, is also on my list. But he's in the the older crowd. Not yeah. saying he's old. I'm just saying he's past 30. Um, but anyway, 
Uh, I'm very happy for him. I think he is a wonderful person. I think that was a great pick, too. Like, I love that they did not pick a 22-year-old. And they went with Paul Rudd, who's a father and a husband and great guy. Yeah, he's 52. So he is only a year younger than Mark Ruffalo and is only Mm. four years younger than Robert Downey Jr. But if you said, guess Paul Rudd's age, I would be like uh, 43. 36? I don't, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not, Not in his 50s, so... Congrats there to and Paul Rudd. But I do I do agree with you. That was not a controversial choice, and I haven't heard anything negative about it. So that's cool. Kudos to, to Paul Rudd and People Magazine. Good choice. And then no corrections this week, so we'll move into recommendations. I have two quick ones. Um, I have almost finished Only Murders in the Building on Hulu with Ooh. Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Great little yes. show. I think it's a fun little watch. So I if caught you up. Che- I finished. Okay. I haven't finished yet. I have two episodes okay. left. But okay. if you haven't checked that out, check it out. Episodes are like 30 minutes. Very quick to breeze through. Some celebrity cameos. It's a, it's a fun watch. And then I've also been reading uh, The Four Wins by Kristen Hanna. Which Jared! Came out <laughs> this year. Uh, do so. you look at like my next reads and then that's what you pick and then you bring I it don't. up on the podcast? Okay. I don't, but I, I read um, The Great Alone from her last year, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that book. That's about a girl that lives in Alaska. I haven't read that. So that's really good. The Four Winds is about um, a kind of a family that's going up like in the Depression and how that's affecting them, um, and they live in Texas. So it's really interesting. She does a really good job with like setting and characters. Um, and so I just, this book is really good. I have about, my Kindle says I have about an hour left reading to go. Okay. So I'm almost done with it, but, uh, it's definitely solid. It's been getting a lot of, you know, buzz this year too, on a lot of like book lists and good reads and things like that. So dang. Well, okay. So you loved the great alone. Cause that's been on my list for a long time. I did. I, I have did read... really like that book. Well, I've only read the nightingale of hers. I read it at the very beginning of this year and it's easily easily still top 10 favorite of the books i've read so far this year and i've read 85 okay um, so that's really saying something i bought the four wins though through book of the month <laughs> shout out book of the month wouldn't be an episode <laughs> without tom hanks or book of the month um or uh james berardinelli yes um, but anyway i bought that book a long time ago and i haven't read it but today jared this is top top story um, book of the month announced today. It was the winner of the year. So, oh wow, because people book like of the year. You, okay. Mm-hmm, so, if you belong to book of the month, we vote. Like they give us, they send out a ballot. I think it was October, and you vote for the top top books. Then they narrow it down to five, and then they pick from the five what was the top one, and that one won, and it was announced today. So, luckily, I already have it. Um, but I do think now I'm moving it up the list. Um, I wanted to read it before the end of the year, but I think now I'm going to have to bump it up to like maybe my next book because. I, I want to know what all the hype's about. Yeah, it's good. Wonderful. I barely have one. Um, I did. I am catching up on shows, like I said. So I will I will be back with recommendations. I'm trying to catch up on podcasts, and I've actually been trying to venture out a little bit. Um, but until I come across something new, I won't say anything else. But I just read The Wish. It is Nicholas Sparks' newest book. Um, I used to be a hardcore Nicholas Sparks fan, and then I kind of stopped. He got divorced, and a bunch of things happened, and I just wasn't real sure about him anymore. But I've <laughs> that being said, I've still read every single book. It's kind of like Grey's Anatomy, where I'm like, I want to quit you, but I can't. 
Um, so anyway, The Wish is his newest book. I picked it up. I just happened to see it. I didn't even know a new book was out. I wanted to say for anybody who likes Nicholas Sparks, um, he this is like his older books. Like think Notebook, A Walk to Remember, the okay. very beginning. And I mean that with like respect. It it was it's a great. It feels very well developed. Um, I don't even know that I want to say character driven. That's not the that's not what I'm aiming for. But it was it was a great story. It's not 100 percent even a love story. Um, and it was beautiful. So if you're a fan of his earlier books, which is the reason I loved him initially, then I definitely um, would recommend The Wish. Eternals released on November 5th, 2021, just in theaters. Some people have asked me, is this on Disney Plus? Can I watch? No, not on Disney Plus. Just a, just a theatrical release for right now. Um, it's rated PG-13 for fantasy violence and action. Brief sexuality. PG-13 for fantasy violence and action. Brief sexuality, which we'll talk about more later on. Ooh, uh, yep. IMDb is a 6.9 out of 10. Not super highly rated for a Marvel movie. Rotten Tomatoes is split between critics and audience is pretty wide. Critics, 47%. Audience, 80%. So audiences are liking it. Critics are not as high on it um, for this particular Marvel movie. Box office-wise, it's made $80 million domestically and $170 million worldwide. It's obviously going to do well at the box office. It's a Marvel movie. That makes a lot of sense. The synopsis for this one, the saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal be- beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. So it's an, it's an origin story for sure. And it's definitely a different take for Marvel than something like Spider-Man or Captain America or Iron Man. It's definitely more ethereal and, you know, space driven and powers driven and things like that. So some critics reviews. First, we have Claudia Pugh of Film Week and KPCC NPR in Los Angeles, who says at a glacial pace of two hours and 37 minutes, the movie occasionally feels eternal and it sags under that weight. Claudia did not hold back. Jared, I love the way you read that because that is the way I would have read that. And <laughs> I, I will say I did only pick negative statements, but that wasn't hard to find on Rotten Tomatoes since the critics guide those um, comments and they did not like this film. Next up is Mark Feeney of the Boston Globe who says all superhero movies are ridiculous. That's where the super part comes in. With the good superhero movies, you don't notice the ridiculousness or it doesn't matter. With Eternals, you notice. Yeah. Yeah. And and then finally, we have Carrie Darling of the Houston Chronicle, who says Eternals makes history as the most diverse superhero movie in terms of race, gender, orientation, age and abilities. And that's remarkable. But it doesn't change the fact that they're stuck in a story that's dull and predictable. Favorite quote. Mm -hmm. Favorite quote. You wrapped up for me exactly how I felt like this should have been gold. And for me, it just wasn't. This movie is directed by Chloe Zhao, who is known for Nomadland. You, we have an episode on that if you want to go listen to that. Um, she's also known for The Writer and Songs My Brother Taught Me. And in 2021, she won two Oscars for Best Picture and for Best Director for Nomadland. She doesn't have any upcoming projects listed. Um, she originally worked on this before she worked on Nomadland. But due to COVID, this came out later, even though she did this first before Nomadland. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so Marvel Marvel had had her sign on for this before she won the Best Director and the Best Picture Oscar for Nomadland, and then they were kind of able to capitalize off of that 
you know, in the marketing yeah. for this movie because they do mention her in the marketing a decent amount, like Academy Award winning director Chloe Zhao. Right. Um, you know, so and she has a very. I'm sure, they didn't have to pay her as much either. Probably not. So um, yeah. they also have. She also has a very um, kind of. She's definitely only a few movies in, but she has a, a definite style that she has when directing. Different, definite mm-hmm. feel to her movies, and for some of the reasons that you and I didn't like Nomadland, I think are going to be some of the same reasons maybe that we don't like Eternals. And that maybe is just the fact that maybe we don't love movies that Chloe Zhao directs. I don't know. We have a small sample size right now, but (laughs) I know I hate that though, because she's, she's Asian, Asian American. I think I love that she's a female director. I just Mm -hmm. think maybe she's not my, my taste. Um, but I think it's great that she won an Oscar. Um, and then what else was I going to, sorry, you said something. Oh, I did want to tell people too, if you're interested in the Nomadland episode, it's episode number 93. I can't believe it was that long ago, but it's episode 93 on the podcast. Nice. So you can go check that out if you want to hear our thoughts on that movie. And we'll take a quick break here on the Silver Screen Podcast. Come back, talk about our likes, dislikes, and the cast for Eternals. And we're back here on the Silver Screen Podcast talking about Eternals. Very large cast for this movie, as you've probably seen. The poster just has everybody on it. Um, you know, some of those people are featured more prominently than others. So we're going to highlight some of the bigger actors and actresses in the movie. The first one of those is Jim Chan, who plays Cersei in the film. Thank you, Jared. I love Jim Chan. I seriously considered giving her a crush alert, but there's so many in this episode that I needed to dial it back a little bit. Um, Jim Chan plays Cersei, like Jared said. She is a British actress and former model. She's best known for Crazy Rich Asians, Let Them All Talk, and the TV show Humans. Um, she's extremely impressive, so I just had to mention she studied law at Oxford and graduated. And after graduation, she joined the Drama Center London to pursue acting. So that was her own choice, but she's extremely smart um, and beautiful. Next up, you can see her in Don't Worry Darling, which I feel is like our next year's French Dispatch, like where Jared yeah. and I are going to talk about it for 365 days and then it's finally going to come out. So she's going to be in Don't Worry Darling. Again, that's a movie with Harry Styles and directed by Olivia Wilde. It also stars Florence Pugh. She's also going to be in True Love and Cuckoo. Very nice. Yes. Next up, I'm going to need a bunch of crush alerts for Richard Madden. I love Richard Madden. Can I just tell you? I mean, I already have told you, Jared. Um, He plays Icarus, who, if everyone is like, that name sounds familiar. Icarus flew too close to the sun. Um... Icar- excuse me, Icarus, uh, Richard Madden, is a Scottish actor. He is best known for playing Rob Stark in Game of Thrones. He has also been in Cinderella. That is the newer one, the, the live action one. The Take and the TV show The Bodyguard, which was on Netflix. And I absolutely loved that show. Okay. So if you're looking for a good, quick, like, 10 episodes or less show to watch, do that. Um, next up, you can see him in the TV miniseries The Citadel. Very nice. Thank you. And last, I'm going to need a crush alert for this gentleman, Kumail Nanjiani. Thank you, Jared. He plays Kingo. I had a hard time, too, narrowing down. Like Jared said, this cast is enormous. Um, But I felt like Kumail, I picked him, honestly, because um, I loved his character. But also because I feel like everyone was talking about him getting ready to play this role because he was getting jacked his muscles yeah he so was working I, he had like a i mean on his instagram he was like workout routine 
Kumail Nanjiani yeah. for like so, at least a year. So <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like I needed to give him credit where credit's due. And good heavens, did his work pay off? I'm not even just trying to <laughs> objectify him. I just felt like he looked so good. I loved. If I could just give a compliment, I'm giving a like right now. Um, his whole look, how they did his hair and everything, was just very well put together. I was super impressed. So. Yes. Um, His hard work paid off, like I said. He is also a Pakistani-American writer and director. I wanted to be sure to point that out because I love that he's Pakistani-American and he's very proud of that. He is best known for The Big Sick, Life as We Know It, Stuber, and Men in Black International. In 2018, he was nominated for a Best Oscar screenplay for The Big Sick, which was great. Loved that movie. And that was about his love story with his wife in real life. And next up, you can see him in the TV miniseries Obi-Wan Kenobi. Which we are supposed to be getting, I think, more info about that show uh, tomorrow. Oh. Disney Plus Day is tomorrow when we're recording this. So I think there, there's been rumors that we might get some more info on the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, like a trailer there's or a, poster or something. There's a Disney Plus Day? There is. There's a whole day for Disney Plus. Um, oh, goodness. I think it's the day that it launched. So they like they didn't really do much last year because it was their first year. But I think mm-hmm. for this year, they're like going all out. I don't know. They have some cool. stuff premiering and, you know highlights of new shows and things like that so wow you know they don't pay well, us to that say you... that but this is a marvel right. movie owned by disney you know so. what? <laughs> can i just i'm sorry i'm gonna time out because i remembered something i wanted to recommend <laughs> only because we're talking about disney plus here was my line of thinking i don't pay for disney plus anymore but i am paying for apple tv and uh apple tv has the morning show and a lot of people are like me where they have not really been a huge fan or they're obsessed with it i have been like eh, middle of the road I did want to say second season, I think, is better than the first really? season. Really? Okay. Might have to give that it a watch. That could be a hot okay. take, but I'm much more interested in what's going on this season. Hmm. Um, okay. In this season, there's Julianne Margulies, uh, Hassan Minhaj, which crush alert, like 85 crush alerts for that man. Um, anyway, I think second season's really good. So if you are looking for a show and you want to get through the first season, uh, second season of The Morning Show has been really good. Nice. In my opinion. Um, This movie also, back to Eternals, I'm sorry, I'm clearly not as excited to talk about it. Um, This movie, like we mentioned, has an enormous cast of really fantastic people, including Selma Hayek, Kit Harington, Angelina Jolie, Brian Tyree Henry, Barry, I should have looked up his last name, Cone? Cone? It's... I think he's Irish. Okay. I got to look that up. But Barry, um, we'll figure that out. Leah McHugh and Lauren Ridloff. All of them, almost all of them I'd seen in other things, but uh, standout for me was Lauren Ridloff, which we'll talk about in our likes. I will look up Barry, though, because I want to give the correct credit. I'm sorry I didn't look that up earlier. Yes, he is Irish. I can confirm that. Okay. Um, How do we say this? He was in The Killing of a Secret Deer, which I didn't see, but I have heard of. I think Um, I did see that movie. I can't remember, though. Is that the one with Nicole Kidman? That sounds right. Yes. Okay. How do you how do we say it? Does anyone know? <laughs> if you know, let us <laughs> know. So I can see it. Well, you know how like uh, sometimes people put things phonetically, but all that I'm seeing when I initially just pull up the internet, um, none of the symbols are making sense to me. So, well, I'm so sorry. Barry, how us... do we say your name? Oh, he was also in Dunkirk. He was, yes. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Got it. Yeah. Well, so. Sorry, Barry. Maybe I'll make that a correction for next week. Oh, and you're right. He was in Killing of a Sacred Deer. He's okay. also going to be in The Batman, it looks like. Ooh, so, very nice. Big very Another excited. big role coming up with I'm Robert Pattinson. really so. excited for that one. 
So that's that's the whole cast for Eternals. Uh, from this point on, we're going to get into spoilers. So if you haven't seen Eternals and you don't want it spoiled, go watch it, come back, and then you can listen to the rest of this episode. First likes, which is not going to be all that long, unfortunately. Um, there's a lot of diversity in this cast, Lots. which was which was neat. Uh, there's the gay man, Brian Tyree Henry's character. There's, you know, people of color. There's an Asian woman. There's a deaf woman. There's an androgynous child. There's a Pakistani man. Um, you know, there's Selma Hayek. There's Angelina Jolie. There's yep. a lot. There's, um, you know, like we said, Barry's Irish. You have Richard Madden. Um, you know, Kit Harrington. Scottish, yep. Yeah, all that stuff. So British. this, in terms, in terms of English. diversity, this is a, this is a very um, broadcast in that aspect, which is definitely a positive for this because sometimes Marvel movies do kind of unfortunately fall in the formula of like a lot of white dudes. Um, so this was nice to see some diversity in, in this particular movie. Yes. And I also, I put androgynous child because I was referring to Leah McHugh's character and that's also McHugh. I don't know if I'm saying it like enunciating clearly, but it's McHugh, um, M-C-H-U-G-H. She, what, what I was I, I was impressed with her. I wouldn't say her character was my favorite, but um, she was interesting to me because she looked spot on to me like River Phoenix in Stand By Me. I thought it was CGI River Phoenix. That's how weird. Like, that's I did not know how they did it. But anyway, I thought that was neat because an androgyny was the only word I could think of because I didn't want to make assumptions about um gender and also sexuality so that was just kind of i was like i also wanted to talk about and see if anybody on social media let me know if you thought that leah looked like river phoenix and stand by me um like alarming i it crazy to me maybe that's just me um but she was an interesting character and then like i mentioned earlier i loved lauren ridloff so lauren ridloff um i don't know if she's deaf in real life jared do you happen to know that um let me see. I thank you. If you could just let me know. Sorry. But she plays someone who's deaf, but I think she probably is in real life. But she did an outstanding job. Like everything about her was like was very natural in the way she was communicating. And she was hilarious and beautiful and just really a bright, bright spot in that film for me. And she was a standout for me as far as acting. Uh, yeah, she was born deaf. So okay. she's, she's been deaf her whole life, basically. So Wow. Well, yeah. I love that we're seeing more of that in movies, too, especially big films like A Quiet Place and now Eternals. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are more. But oh, and Coda. We were talking yep. about Coda, Coda earlier this one. year. Yep. But she was fantastic. And as far as people that really stood out to me for their acting and their performance, she was a top contender for me. Uh, another like for this movie, especially for Katie, uh, is that the rumors are true, to quote Lizzo, uh, that Harry Styles is joining the MCU. He will be in the next presumable Eternal movie, Eternals movie, um, playing Star Fox. So that's his character, and it's official. He's he's is in that the, the same MCU. As, is that the same as Eros? Um, because he even said he was Eros. Okay. Yeah, he's Eros. That's his other name, Star Fox oh, okay. and that's Eros. What I yeah, okay. go that's by what both. I was asking, yeah, yep. I know everybody has like eight names in the the squad. Um, yeah, <laughs> Jared, thank you. We just okay. I warned Jared this was going to happen, and we that's why we wanted to tell everyone it's a spoiler because you see him at the end. Like I was, I was almost falling asleep during this movie. Like that is how done I was with it, and I was with Arjun, Harry Styles. First, you see him walking down a hallway and I and they had kind of 
teed it up so you think it's Kit Harrington, or at least I did. And then I was watching the walk and I was like, that is not Kit Harrington's walk. Like, he doesn't look like that. He doesn't walk like that. He doesn't strut. It was Harry freaking Styles. Jared, I turned to Arjun and I said, dead. I'm dead. It's Harry Styles. I'm dead. And then I think I had a mild heart attack. And I don't even remember what he... I know he said his name was Eros. He just... just I lost my mind. And I thought, I'm done with this movie. I've given up. And he came on screen and I was like, and we're back. I'm here. I'm awake. Let's go for another two hours and 37 minutes. Um, unfortunately, it was the end of the film. So... <laughs> But it was worth every minute for that Harry Styles cameo at the end. And I love that man. I feel like it's unnatural how much I love him. But I felt better because I double-checked his age afterwards. And he is older than Timothy Chalamet. So He is, yeah. Because at first I thought, well, those are my two. Like, those are my two inappropriate people. Because, unfortunately, I did knock Tom Holland off my list. I just felt like he okay. doesn't he doesn't make my heart go pitter-pat like those two. And um, so he's bumped off the list. So now it's Harry and Timmy, Battles to the Death. Love them both. Um, but I think Harry is a huge name um, for the Marvel series. I think he's fresh blood, young blood, and has a swagger. Like, he doesn't need to be taught how to be cool to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I am just in love with him. So to me, if we're picking favorite parts of the entire film, I'm going to pick Harry Styles' cameo at the end. There you go. That that's a that's a fair fair assessment, I think. So also we Thank should you. mention uh, Pat Oswalt also in that camp voices the yes! other character that Harry's with. So he will also be joining the MCU, which Love. is cool, and that's a, that's a neat thing. So that's really all of our likes, and so now we'll move on to dislikes. And oh, I'm, I'm gonna go. I... <laughs> I, um, I guess one other like I could say is that the visuals of this movie were cool. That did have some cool visual sequences. Sets looked cool. Costumes were kind of neat. Um, it definitely had, you could tell like the vibe it was going for, but mm -hmm. it really suffers a lot in other areas. So that's kind of what we're going to do with our dislikes. So yep. the first dislike, I think going back to what you're saying about Harry Styles, when his character and when Patton Oswalt's character popped up on that credit scene, it added some, like you said, it added some life and it added some energy and it added some humor. And I think that's what this movie was missing. It was just a bunch yes. of characters that were all kind of just bland going through this story and I think like you if you would have had Harry Styles character Patton Oswalt or somebody in there to like and Kumel's character did kind of provide some humor at times he's a natural comedian that's kind of what he's known for so that makes sense but um, you have a lot of dramatic actors in this that aren't super funny and I think one aspect of Marvel movies for sure is like their comedy normally or at least some lightheartedness mm -hmm. and this just felt very heavy and very kind of dry and I didn't really you know I couldn't really connect to any character in this so I think going back to that point that you were making about Harry, I think in the next one, if you add those two characters and maybe there's more coming in, I don't know. Um, but if you can maybe liven things up a little bit, that might help the second one because the first one was just very, very slow and very kind of just uh, blah. Jared, you said that beautifully because I, I don't want to just harp on this movie to harp on it. And, and I, I mean, it's certainly not the worst movie I've seen this year, but it was pretty bad for me. Like, it just didn't it didn't do anything for me. But you're exactly right, because I love Jimma Chan and I also love Richard Madden. But you're right. They're great, dramatic actors. They are clearly both of them, you can tell, have had theatrical training and they're good at it. But as far as comedy, it's just I don't think that's their wheelhouse. And I do think Kumail added good moments of humor and also Brian Tyree uh 
Henry. Henry. Did as yeah. Well. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just felt like this movie was just dull, 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 and and not exciting. Um, but ultimately, I would sum that up to say it was way too long. I'm talking way with like 20 whys at the end of it. I felt like this movie could have been 45 minutes long. I just, I don't, I don't even understand the reasoning behind why it was so long. Why anyone made that choice. It was, yeah, it was so, so long. And, you know, like in the, in the critics reviews, they're talking about, you know, Claudia it said at a glacial pace of two hours and 37 minutes. And that's the other problem with it is that it's so long and it's moving so slow, but also is like not giving you any backstory on the 12, 25 characters it introduces or whatever that you're like, why am I, what is the point? Like, why am I here? Mm -hmm. Like, what are we trying to accomplish? Like, I don't know a ton about these characters. And also this movie is just like, very slowly go like so many scenes of them just like standing around in a circle yes, being like, we're the why? eternals we got to save the world and it's like Ugh. go save the world um, yeah, also, go do something about it also the fact that this is like a team-up movie and it took like you know an hour and 45 minutes before we had the whole gang back together literally was a little... an hour and 45 <laughs> i was like how many more people are gonna join this force <laughs> oh so and i think too that also like Along with that, it's got it's got too many characters, and I think that's another problem with it. Is that like when Selma spoiler when Selma Hayek character <laughs> Sel, Selma Hayek's character dies, she dies like twenty minutes into the movie. I was like, I don't care because she said three lines <laughs> up to this point, and I don't right. know anything about her. Why would I care they that she said, died? <laughs> they said Ajax, and I was like, which character is that? Like, I didn't even know who they were talking about. I'm sorry to sound so stupid and so harsh. I, Jared, I agree with you. I felt this movie was two horrible things, cheesy and chaotic. And chaotic, I definitely thought there was chaos because there were too many characters. I couldn't keep people straight. I didn't understand their relationships. I didn't understand their history. And I didn't understand their motivations. And cheesy because, okay, I get that Kit Harrington, who's, who's, you know, up to the end, we know him as a normal, air quotes, normal human being with no special powers. And he just accepts, takes at face value this woman he wants to live with and he's in love with. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm an eternal. Like, I'm 5,000 years old. This is what happened. I was in love with this other guy before. Doesn't even mention that she married him. Just glosses right past it. Never explains what even happened if they got divorced or what happened. I'll get into that. But he just takes it at face value. Now, we understand he does say something about Thanos. And I thought, OK, so in his world, he understands something's going on with the Marvel Universe. But it was still strange to me that he hears all this information. He doesn't shed a tear. He doesn't laugh hysterically. He's just like, oh, well, that's interesting. Okay. And then goes about his life. In what world would that happen? <laughs> yeah. If you find out that somebody has been living for 5,000 years and they've like lived through like Babylon and like, you know, right. all these other time periods, the Amazon and like all these other time periods and places and all this stuff, you'd be like, I feel like you'd have questions. And he was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I just, yeah, I that's cool. Um, another dislike I had was, so Kumel's character, he's like, I'm big, I'm strong, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm doing all this stuff. One, I didn't like love the power he gave him where he just shoots zaps out of his fingers. Um, <laughs> but also I didn't understand why he like dipped out for the final battle. Like, why did he just like leave? He wasn't in the final. I, I didn't you know, even notice because there's too was, many people. He I was like, I'm notice. going back home. And I didn't really understand the point of that either because I was like, you're supposed to like be an eternal and you're just going to like get out of this final, final battle, which the final 
battle or action sequence or whatever was uh, not that great either. It didn't really have that high of stakes and it wasn't that impressive visually. So that was kind of a disappointment too. I thought the sequence with the, I forget the thing, what they're called, the monsters. I can't I, remember the name. Um, uh, Celestials? Maybe. No. No, they're called something else. Or the mo- D- oh, Deviants. Okay. Deviants, yeah. How the did I remember that? I could not stand this movie, and I remember the facts. Okay, that's great. But I thought the scene with the deviants and like the Amazon when they're fighting them was more exciting than the end fight sequence or the end action sequence. So it just really struggled a ton with like pacing, excitement, you know, yeah. things. And I get they were trying to go for a different vibe, but um, that just was was not great. So another dislike, I didn't really like the storyline of Sprite. Um, that Me character either. liking Icarus. I thought Gross. I didn't really like Quit Sprite, it. but I didn't like that Sprite loved Icarus and Kumel Nagiani's character be like, yeah, you know, they're in love with them. And it's like, yeah. well, I'm sorry, but this is a man that's in his 40s. And, you and know. she's 14. <laughs> I mean, th- this is a problem. Like, this is problematic. And also, like, get in line, Sprite. Take a number because 800 women are in line for Richard Madden. OK, so get to the back. And also age appropriate, okay? He's only two years older than me. I, I am happily married. I just, but Arjun's aware of the Richard Madden yeah. thing. Also, but I, I did... agree with you. And speaking of marriage too, okay, so one of my beefs was that <laughs> Gemma and Richard in the film get married. I think it looked like it was a marriage ceremony. And then th- nobody ever explains what happens. So I'm like, okay, so is she still married to him and now she's going to marry Kit Harrington? Like, what's going on here? Which also was hilarious because they're, they were brothers in Game of Thrones, which I know in this world they're not but i thought well that's funny and then but it was weird that they never resolved that they never said they got divorced they never said really how it dissolved they just said he left for a while and then they got back together and i thought or they they got back together like physically they were in the same place so they never really explained what even happened like what was the dissolution of that relationship which is confusing to me um, and that's that's a pretty, like, huge thing to leave unresolved. Um, and then, Jared, I don't know if you felt this way, but I couldn't really tell you 100% who the villain was. And I didn't like that. Like, I felt at times Sprite was a villain. I felt at times Icarus was a villain. I felt the Deviants were villains. I couldn't really decide who was evil. Oh, Angelina Jolie. That was another one. And I thought, I, I don't even know who's who's good here and bad. Yeah, and then you had like the big uh, whatever his name was, Iron Giant type character in the sky. Um, oh yeah, uh, that was. <laughs> I that wanted was, to say Artemis, but it's not <laughs> Artemis. That was um, also like who a, cares? What, you know, care. he was a villain too, and reveals that like he created the Eternals, but he also created the Deviants. You know, yeah. to fight the Eternals basically, and to like give them powers. I'm like, this is just a weird. Like you said, I don't understand. Who's trying to go against who here? And then, yep. like, Sprite's motivations to go with Icarus there in that final part of the movie. Is it like, do you really, are you really on his side? Or do you, are you just in love with him? And that's why was you're it, doing this? Or is it Crow? Maybe. Was I don't know. There's so many characters in this movie. Uh, who, it's really yeah, hard mean, to keep track. I, honestly, I wish I cared, but I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're like, I don't really. I don't care. Do you know what? A plus for Harry Styles and. I was just not impressed I with think, the rest. Yeah, I think what this movie could have really benefited from is it has a great stars. It has a good director. The Diversity. Script, the, script the script needs needed some once-overs before we got to the and shooting editing, part of this. Editing, and editing, editing. Yeah. Oh, 
I wish we had stills that we could post on social media when we post about the episode of our faces during this recording. Because, uh, yes, if you can't see our face, you can't see our faces right now, but where Katie especially is making a lot of uh, facial expressions. I'm about always this. making a lot, but they're all negative this time. Yeah. So I think the right the writing was the biggest one. The writing and the pacing, I think, were the two biggest issues, which we've talked about. But, you know, mm-hmm. the writing wasn't great. Didn't understand the motivations for the characters. Need some more action sequences in there. This movie was like $200 million. I don't know what the budget was, but like didn't really seem like we did a whole lot with that money. Um, $150 million maybe. I'll look it up. Um, and then the editing. It's just like so slow, slow that you could have cut a lot out of this and it still would have been the same. Yeah, this budget was around $200 million, So we could have done a lot more with that money. I mean, I know that... Like Angelina Jolie probably wanted twenty five million, and Selma Hayek wanted a you know couple million, and mm-hmm. you know all these actors are going to request some money, but still, uh, the writing definitely was what suffered here the most. Yes, agreed. Okay, uh, I think that's all of our. I'm looking at our list here. Mm-hmm. Oh, other one other dislike is that you had is that it felt completely separate from any of the other Marvel movies. Oh yes, movies, but not in agree. a good way. Um, yeah, because like. <laughs> I, I thank you for bringing that up because Shang-Chi, you and I both loved it. Like Shang-Chi to me is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Absolutely love it. Highlight of movies for the year this year for me. Um, that felt so separate in the most positive way. Like that felt like a story that could stand on its own. That felt uniquely different because it celebrated a different culture. Um, that I loved. This movie felt like they attached Marvel to it. Like they were like, we're going to call this a Marvel movie. And then it had nothing to do with anything but they thought that that would draw a crowd or something. It just it it just didn't remind me of anything else Marvel, especially because Marvel is not my favorite thing in the whole world, but I've come to expect a certain level of professionalism and CGI and humor and actors and star power and all that. And this movie just didn't have that. No, it, it didn't. And I think, like you said, like there's kind of a formula that Marvel movies follow, which they get criticized for sometimes. So this one, they try to go outside of that that formula but it doesn't really work in the end Mm-mm. and i've seen some other co- uh, comments saying that this maybe would have worked better as a tv show if it was longer and that maybe could have been a possibility if you had extended it into a tv show you would have more time for the characters and their backstories but also i don't know if this was a disney plus show if i would have kept watching it after like the second episode because no, i just don't I think i would have been intrigued yeah so so this is definitely not our favorite uh, favorite Marvel movie of the year. And unfortunate because it's one that, you know, we had kind of high expectations for and was not, those were not met at all. So it's, I, uh, it's time now for grades. So I think I'm first. Okay. I, am I? <laughs> I think so. Oh, I think wait. I went first on Dune. You do? I think so. Cause didn't oh, I, I think you're Dune right. a little right. lower you're than right. you? Yeah. Yeah, yep. you did. Sorry. So, okay. Um, I'm giving this a 56. I think you guys wow, know okay. why I feel that way. I will tell you what I want you to know about the 56 is that's one point lower than Reminiscence and one point higher than Malcolm and Marie. And still okay. one of the lowest scoring movies of the year, but it's higher than Space Jam A New Legacy. So that's where I'm sitting. Um, I honestly think 56 is generous. So that's all yeah. I have to say. This was just a total disappointment for me. And I'm, I'm sorry if anybody I'm... disagrees. I'm looking at my letterbox right now, and this is only uh, seven up from the bottom. So, like, Remin- and it's in, it's in that zone where all those other movies are that you just mentioned. Malcolm and Marie, Space Jam, mm-hmm. Reminiscence, The Woman in the Window. Remember that? Uh, with Amy oh, Adams. So. I do. I didn't hate that as much as you, but I did hate it. Uh, so, I think I'll give this a solid uh, uh, 60. 
Yeah, let's Ooh. go with the 60. Ooh, so wow, Jared. How nice of you. Good job. I know. It's not, it's definitely not my, it's not, it's maybe even the worst Marvel movie, honestly, because most Marvel movies I get like a I hate it 80, more. 90. Yeah. I mean, most Marvel movies are going to get a pretty solid score and this, even though it's a 60 is, and that's not super duper bad. It's still not great for a Marvel movie because you expect yeah. those to just be a high quality and a high level. And, I'm hoping with Spider-Man coming out next month that we get back on the Marvel ways and yeah. we have a really great movie there that's really fun. But I think Spider-Man's going to be great. Yeah, this was just uh, very slow, dragged a ton. And within like the first 30 minutes of sitting in the theater, I was like, oh, we're in for a long ride. Because uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm already bored and we have two hours left. Yeah. And, you know. The other way I could tell is that a ton of people are like getting up to either use a bathroom, go get yep. more concessions. Some people yep. are looking at their phones. I was like, this is a telltale sign that this movie is just, <laughs> it's just boring because people don't really care. So oh, I was just um, really glad that I brought a snack. I had a glass of wine before the show. And once I saw Harry Styles, I was like, and we're saved. I'm back. <laughs> this, they have, they, they got me, you know, I was like, I was going to give this movie a two. And then okay. Harry Styles came on. And I was like, "Let's bring that up to a 56. He's, he's worth fifty-four points for he's a minute more of than screen that, time. But okay. in, in silver screen podcast world, yeah, fifty-four points. Fifty-four <laughs> points. So there you go. You know, if "Don't Worry, Darling" is not great, uh, you know, as as it's a, at least as a gonna whole, be it's going to be at least a fifty-four, if not higher. So. Okay, that's all of our thoughts on Eternals. Hopefully, you liked this episode. We were kind of off the rails a little bit, but I think we just I loved it, it. like the movie. We was kind of off the rails, the yeah. <laughs> Honestly, so uh, you can follow the Silver Screen Podcast on social media at Podcast Silver on Twitter or Instagram, or search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook and like us there. Wherever you listen to the show, be sure to rate and review. That definitely helps us out. We thank you very much for that. The next episode of the podcast, we are going to be reviewing. The new Netflix movie, which is Netflix's most expensive movie they've ever made, uh, called Red Notice with Gal Gadot, The Rock, and Ryan Reynolds. Now, yes. Katie's not a huge Ryan Reynolds no, fan. I so know. Before, <laughs> I knew this was going to come up. I'm going to give it a fair shot. I don't think he's a bad man. He okay. just doesn't do it for me in the same way. You know, some women are like, oh, my gosh, Ryan Reynolds forever. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's not even on my radar. And okay. I do think he does tend to have a range, and he sticks in the range. That's what I'm saying. I don't yeah, see any would, Oscars coming down the pike for Ryan Reynolds. I would say the same thing about The Rock, is you kind of know what you're going to get with Ooh, his see, movies. See, I like him a lot better. Yeah. I mean, I like him too, uh, but I'm saying the type of roles he plays is yeah. fairly... They're all kind of similar to one another. Totally agree. But I, one thing I can probably guarantee you is that mo that movie will have some more charisma and some more humor <laughs> yeah. than than Eternals did. That'll always pop Gadot, a little more on screen. Yeah. probably worth at least 80 points. So Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Her. So and coming off of Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, I hope this can this can bounce back a little bit and be a little bit better. So that'll be our next episode of the show, reviewing Red Notice. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> <laughs>